I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. November 30th, 2020. Fear. Getting hit by a meteorite. The disappearance of a monolith and some stuff about the season of Advent. This is Awesome Today. Awesome Today is a daily show, even though it technically isn't every day. It is barely edited and sometimes offensive. It is a good show. Some might even call it awesome. If you are friends with someone who doesn't think this show is awesome, you deserve better friends. Hi. Good day, evening. This is weird for us. Yes, it's all dark outside. When if, this is maybe the, only the second time we've recorded at night. Yes, the other time being during the ice storm yes. on a, in a foreign location. Yes. We're in our regular location. It is night. This is all weird. It is weird. Just, well, we say it's night. It's like 530 or something, well, right? Well, it's pitch black outside. Yeah. So anyway, it is November 30th. It is. And today, it's a trifecta. Mm. Cyber Monday, mm-hmm. St. Andrew's Day, mm-hmm. and the second day of Advent. Yes. I don't imagine any of us need any explanation as to what Cyber Monday is. If you're confused, go open your email. You probably have 10,000 things from retailers who you thought you'd unsubscribed to months ago that are now back in full force. Yes. Letting you know of the deals. Um, So there's that. What is St. Andrew's Day? Well, today is the Feast of St. Andrew. St. Andrew being one of the original 12 apostles of Christ, brother to St. Peter, first pope of the Catholic Church. And so today is his feast day. It is interesting to me. He uh, died in the year AD 60 in Greece. AD 60, yes. not 8060. Sorry. We aren't that far yet, <laughs> nor was he that far in antiquity. Yes. 60 AD is another way you could that's, say it. That's probably a stronger. <laughs> he died in Greece. However, he is the patron for um, um, many other nations, including Scotland. Yes. Did you know that? I just glimpsed it in the notes, which is why 
I passed this off to you, my Scottish princess. Yes, that's right. So I did not know that. I did not realize that. He has a major shrine in Edinburgh, Scotland. Um, also patron of Russia. In order to get to the shrine, you have to go on the Scotch walk. And most people pass out drunk before they make it to the shrine. <laughs> I personally am looking forward to the challenge. Yes. Sign yes. up for it. Um, I hear some interesting things, and I'll, I'll get to the main reason we're talking about St. Andrew today. Of course, it's his feast day in just a minute, but here's some interesting things that he is patron of besides Scotland and Russia. What does that mean for non-Catholic, non-Orthodox, okay, yes. non-whatever folks of no familiarity with saints and patronage and that? That is a good question. Upon being canonized as part of the official recognized um, is communion of saints, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. the church will ascribe patronages to saints. Like if you need prayer for this specific thing, this saint is good to call on for interceding for you. Yeah. Now, some of those make sense. <laughs> sure. In that this person, they, they would receive patronage for something that their life was affiliated mm -hmm, with. Mm -hmm. um, others are like, what? For example, St. Nicholas, yes. patron saint. He's a patron, actually, of a lot of things, but most people know him as being a patron for children, the mm -hmm. care of children. And during mm -hmm. his life, he gave money to and was sort of, you know, was interested in the work of protecting children. Yes. So Also the patron saint of sailors. And I, I know he was on a boat from time to time, but I don't believe he was actually a sailor. Right. So. Yeah. So, yeah, some of them, you're, it's a little bit of a question mark. Sometimes it totally makes sense. So for St. Andrew, he's the patron of fishermen and, and fishmongers, which, again, he and his brother, Peter, were fishermen. Mm -hmm. um, also rope makers, textile workers, singers, miners, pregnant women. He was obviously not one of those. Right. Butchers and farm workers. Protection, you could call upon St. Andrew for protection against a sore throat. Interesting. Protection against convulsions, protection against fever, protection against whooping cough. That's specific. It's very specific. And so I think that sometimes through the years, obviously, like these different patronages just sort of like get tacked on. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Well, the reason we're mentioning it. Is that like taking a stock tip from your plumber? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. He just gets, he's already here. He seems like he knows about the plumbing. What do you think about Tesla stock? <laughs> it happens more than you'd think. Well, you know, it's happened at least once um, yep. to a client of yours. Yep. Um, okay, so today begins the St. Andrew's Christmas Novena. Okay. There is a specific prayer that you can look up. I won't read it to you right now, but you can look up St. Andrew's Christmas Novena Prayer. It's a short prayer. It's believed amongst the faithful of the Catholic Church that if you pray St. Andrew's Christmas Prayer 15 times a day, 15 times a day, from his saint day, which is today, November 30th, to Christmas, that your intention, the favor you're asking, will be granted. Wow. Are you going to put this to the test? I've done it before. I don't remember what my request was. Wow. You got, <laughs> you got dumbed down saying the prayer that many times? You're just like, I don't even know. I just have to finish. I 
did, I put it as the lock screen on my phone so it would be in front of me. And I mm -hmm. tried to connect it to meals. And every meal, I would try to pray it five times. It, okay. it doesn't have to be all at once 15 times. Right, right, right. It's Nor does like, it have to be separate 15 Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So you can do it however you however you like on okay. that. So anyway, happy Feast of St. Andrew to everyone. Indeed. And there we go. We'll come back to Advent. Yes. That's going to be the, the latter chunk of the show. Um, in between, now and then, as a delightful aside, if you are celebrating a birthday today, you do share it with both Mark Twain and... Sir Winston Churchill. You're in good so, company. Yeah, but if you've not yet written a great American novel, nor have you thus far been named the British Prime Minister, don't feel intimidated. You're still alive, so there's still a chance. Yeah, there's, you're saying there's a chance. Telling me there's a chance. Yeah. Um, 1847. Nope. 1487. That was a lot earlier than 1847. 1487 in Munich, Germany promulgated by Albert the Fourth Duke of Bavaria, a beer purity law. Mm, all right. It stated that beer should be brewed from only three ingredients, water, malt, and hops. Bold move, Albert. Bold move. You Germans are serious about beer. Don't, don't mess with the Germans' beer. I'm not a beer drinker. I just, I'm not. You never, I mean... When you were like college age, sort of before you discovered there were other ways to drink alcohol, I feel like yeah. it was a sort of safe. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Approach. You're a lot more sophisticated in your drinking habits. Aren't now. I just? Yes. Aren't I just yes. the sophisticate? Yes. Well, 1866, I misread and combined a couple of things that made it seem as though uh, this is the commemoration of the first underwater statue of King Charles the Twelfth. That's not. <laughs> what happened, and I am now deeply depressed that it didn't because that sounded a lot cooler. Well, just like the thing that you just mentioned, like, it's okay. That just means that hasn't happened yet. That's true. There's still time for you to... It's true to get my own statue of myself or of King Charles the Twelfth and get it underwater for crying out loud. <laughs> it's about time someone did that. <laughs> We've been waiting. <laughs> Think of the mermaids. <laughs> All right. In 1954, Mrs. Hewlett Hodges of Alabama became the first known person to be struck by a meteorite. Yes. The meteorite was roughly the size of a softball. Okay. That that puts my mind at ease. I thought this is surely going to end tragically, but it was roughly the size of a softball and weighed about eight and a half pounds. Mrs. Hodges was snuggled up on the sofa when the meteorite crashed through the roof, leaving a three-foot hole behind and then struck the left side of her body. Yes. Well, after impact, she was quite terrified, as you can well imagine. Mrs. Hodges and her mother, who lived with her and was home, called both the police and the fire department because this was in the days before 911. You could not solve everything with one call. In fact, it was probably in the days of having party lines. That's right. You had to get on the phone and be like, get off the phone. Get off. I got to call the police. That's right. Yep. Now, though Mrs. Hodges is not the only person in recorded history to be hit by a meteorite, it is exceptionally rare. Yes. Michael Reynolds, the author of a book about meteors and meteorites, is quoted as saying, you have a better chance of getting hit by a tornado a bolt of lightning, and a hurricane, all three, 
At the same time. At the same time. Can you imagine? That is yet another thing all of us can shoot for in our lifetime. Yes, certainly. Underwater statue, whoever gets that first, that's off the table. Yep. And that leaves this. Yes, that's right. That's right. All right. 1981, John Holmes is arrested. Now, if you know who that is, you have just admitted that you have beyond just a passing knowledge of the pornography industry. Oh, my. So shame on you, you naughty kittens. Clutching the pearls. How how dare anyone? Yes, yes, yes. 2004, after a run of 75 appearances on the game show Jeopardy, Ken Jennings is finally beaten in the 75th appearance. Yes. His total earnings exceeded $4.5 million, $2.5 million of which came before this first loss, and then another $2 million afterwards in like special event shows, masters ah, shows, okay. all of that. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, with this show's longtime host, Alex Trebek, having just recently passed away on November 8th, Jennings will be the first of a series of guest hosts. Okay. His first episode is scheduled to air on January 11th. I think he'll do well at that. Yeah. He has a very charming and outgoing personality. I think that he'll do well. I remember that run specifically that was Did you? yeah we were we had just recently moved to san marcus i was pregnant with daisy like i just that's remember right. like right. there's so many things from that specific section of 2004 that i remember very vividly yes so 2007 evil knievel the daredevil mm -hmm. he at age 69 he passes away while at home in Clearwater, Florida. And I probably would have breezed past this. Mm -hmm. But I do have a, a long history of enjoying the tales of Evil Knievel. Okay. And so it caught my eye. But then Clearwater, Florida. Yes. Well, we've recently... We haven't watched all of it yet. But we've been watching on Netflix the little series on Scientology. Yeah, the Leah Romini series. Yeah. yeah. And and if you've seen any of that, you'll know that Clearwater, Florida is like their mecca. That mm -hmm. is their... They've just practically taken over the whole city. It's so fascinating. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, you know, this wasn't that long ago. Was, in fact, Scientology involved in the death of Evil Knievel? I don't know. We don't know. I'm not accusing them because I don't want them to coordinatedly go after me. I would like to avoid that as well. Not that I couldn't mix it up a little with them. I still got a little juice in the gas tank, but <laughs> it's not how I would choose to spend that juice. Okay, that's fair and reasonable. So let's don't do that. Okay. Um, speaking of, of fair and reasonable, this trending story is not fair or reasonable. Or reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, you know, we recently discussed this in another trending segment, mm -hmm. this discovery of a monolith in rural Utah. This has been popping up all over the news. Well, just as mysteriously as it appeared, it's now disappeared. Of course it did. I find this fascinating and terrifying. Yeah. In its place is a stack of, or a mound of stones. Is someone punking us collectively? Um, well, the aliens are, finally. <laughs> Clearly. The Utah Bureau of Land Management has stated that it did not remove it and that they do not even investigate such matters, that it should be handled by the local sheriff's office. Yes. Now, I think we can all agree this does feel eerily 
like an episode of the television show Supernatural. Yes, it does. Which we love. So I think it's fair to expect that Sam and Dean are going to show up and try to convince that local sheriff that they are, in fact, FBI, FBI agents. FBI agents that drive a, a muscle car yep. of historic importance yes. and that dress not like FBI agents. And that at any given time, one or both of them could be possessed by Satan himself. Right, that they have a trunk full of illegal firearms, <laughs> um, odd knives, yes. all kinds of things. yes. Ancient, scary-looking knives. Then just the awkwardness of Cass, who will inevitably show up. Absolutely. Oh, Sam and Dean. Yeah. Our, our time with you is almost over. It's almost over. Isn't the, the second half of the final season now finally up on Netflix? I think so, yeah. yeah. We've, we've been meaning to get to that. It's been a little chaotic as things sometimes get, so we haven't yet started it. But no. we may tonight. We may just. We'll see. Well, it is... The beginning of Advent. Advent. Back to the top of the show. Yes, that's right. I love Advent, so my producer here has given me a little time to express some of my very big enthusiasm yes. for the season of Advent. So the thing about Advent is, is that it gives us a vision of our lives as Christians and shows us the possibilities in life. It is a very both and season on the liturgical calendar. In fact, it's the first month of the liturgical yes. calendar, so Happy New Year. Happy New Year, and it's not Christmas yet. It is not Christmas yet. It's Advent. My dear when does party. Christmas begin? Uh, December 25th. December 25th, Christmas not Day. on Black Friday. No. But uh, yeah, so we have this whole season that commercialism would like to overlook. Yes. Although... I suppose there's plenty that would also find a way to capitalize on wreaths and candles and whatnot. Well, sure. According to our daughters, Christmas season began the day after Halloween on TikTok. I don't doubt that. <laughs> TikTok is not a Catholic production. Well, that's for sure. <laughs> so again, this is a very both and season. You are both looking back to the first coming of Christ at Bethlehem. It looks forward to the future when Christ will come again. This is how the church views the Advent season. So first we celebrate Christ becoming human. We look at his life and his experience, his presence as a human being here dwelling among us, Emmanuel, God with us. He came to show us what life can be, what it should be, um, how to live the real life that the Godhead imagined for humanity yes, in the yes. beginning before we were, you know, before life became sort of corrupted by and distorted by sin. Unconnected, mm -hmm. earlier today, I was reading uh, from Julian of Norwich's Revelations of Divine Love. Okay. And she spoke to, said it more beautifully than I'll be able to grunt through here. Okay. Uh, but referencing that it was it was truly an extra measure of grace and love that God chose to save the flesh of humanity through flesh. Yes. That, that, that was, that's an important yes. uh, factor in all of this. That's huge. That's yes. a huge pinnacle part of Christian theology mm -hmm. for sure. And also theology of the body. So yeah. it all comes back around. So again, there's a both and component. It is both a time of thinking back on the millennia that we, the, collectively humanity, we're waiting for, longing for, hoping for, 
a savior, a mm-hmm. messiah. Which is a theme repeated. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. In every, every religion. Yeah. Um, yes. Yeah, global, all around. You look through the historical texts. Everyone interestingly, was in expectation of a savior. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um, So we know, too, we believe that when Christ left the earth, he did not abandon us. He remains with us in his spirit, uh, in the church, through the sacraments, through scripture, and even through each other, ministering to each other. And so there's both the looking back historically, the waiting for Christ's first incarnation, and the kind of, you know, we have this of Christ in the sacraments, in the church, in scripture. Yeah. So it's looking it's looking back and celebrating something that happened. Yes. It's looking forward with grand anticipation, yes. but it's not forgetting to enjoy the journey in between. Absolutely. That's a good way to sum it up for sure. So we know in belief. I made that up, by the way. Yes, you did. Just on the now, spot. no notes or anything. That was I probably peaked for the episode, so I should stop talking. <laughs> well, again, as Christians, we believe that when He does come again, that His presence will no longer be hidden uh, behind signs and symbols, the liturgy or the words of Scripture. His presence among us will be re- revealed in all of its fullness, and it will be a presence that never ends and that will perfect and complete our community of belief. And so this is the thing that we are anticipating happening in the future, that we are connected to the people of the past in our longing for um, Christ to come in and restore things, Mm -hmm. because we too are longing for his return. So if that makes sense. It does. The reason I love Advent so much is because it's true. Like you were saying, our culture gets so excited to get to Christmas with all the lights and the songs and the traditions and the movies and all of the things that by the time we actually get to Christmas Day, which is the beginning of Christmas, everyone tends to be all Christmas out. Done. Go back to work. Exactly. Um, Advent allows us to observe this season with hopeful waiting because Christmas Day is just the beginning. Um, it even we we've been talking about and thinking about a lot of the uh, the concept of contrast mm-hmm. and how when we experience contrast in our life, the contrast between what we desire and what is that that is something we can be grateful for because contrast helps us to recognize our desire. Right, right, and, and I think one other little add-in here. Um, so we're we converted to mm-hmm. Catholicism, mm-hmm. and our oldest two children 
uh, cognizant enough to have full yep. memory of what Christmas absent of Advent, Advent was before and what Advent is now. Yeah. And so historically, we, like so many other people, would have literally at the completion of Thanksgiving dinner, drug the tree down, the, the fake tree down from the attic and started putting up Christmas decorations, mm -hmm. which our children love to do. But now to have to wait. Yes. For the anticipation, the the excitement and desire and sometimes impatience even. Yes. Uh, but it's a very palpable, very real thing that is equally applicable to this desire that we should have towards the return of Christ. Absolutely. Yes. And I think that that contrast that it offers helps us to really focus in on that. It's like an embodiment mm -hmm. of that. So I do think it's especially powerful in years when you feel that burden of darkness, maybe it's in your personal life, maybe it's just a reflection on collectively what we've experienced during the year, the not yet rightness of the world. Advent acknowledges the difficulties of life while the gradual lighting of candles. So we start with one candle the first Sunday mm -hmm. of Advent, the, gra the gradual lighting of the candles until when you get to Christmas Day, you have four candles lit plus the Christ candle in the center of the Advent wreath. Um, it helps us to remember that we are always closer to Christ's return and how his truth illuminates our lives even now as we wait for his return. Would you like to hear a little bit of history? I'll give you a brief history. I, I want all the history. Really? All of it. Okay. <laughs> well, it has evolved over time. Advent, the season of Advent, is not something you will find in Scripture. Right. It is something that has developed through tradition and practice over the years in the church. It is, in fact, hard to pinpoint exactly when Advent began to be practiced. Yes. Can I, can I interject a perspective? Please, yes. And this is something, I think it, it's something that I never really thought to mm -hmm. confront. Yes. Uh, and I don't know, I guess it was as I became Catholic, as, as we were in the process of conversion, that we really started to, because we knew we were going to face this from some resistant family members, we really started to examine, well, what were all the railings against mm -hmm. the church? And, and certainly that even extended into uh, all of Christianity. One of the one of the things out there that you might frequently find, if you're looking for such, is this claim that well, so many of the church's holidays were actually pagan holidays. Mm. And so the church is a fake and blah, 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 blah. Right, right, right. And I had run across, I dubiously accepted the ask to teach a church history course mm -hmm. to catechumens and, and those looking to enter into the church candidates. Yeah. And, and it that further built on so much more of what I'd read that the church's perspective for all of antiquity has been, uh, and this is especially true as, as missionary uh, priests would travel through Germany, <clears throat> and this is unsettled Germany, this is nomadic tribes and, oh, yeah. and all of that, that when they approached a place that worshipped a pagan god, rather than tear down everything that had to do with that god, they recognized the people are used to coming here mm -hmm. and worshiping. Why would we destroy that? Let's convert it yes. to Catholicism. And so oftentimes you'll have celebrations that began as something pagan that the church said, um, it's ours now. 
Right, yeah. We're converting it, much like the city of Houston, Texas, will reach out to <laughs> those suburbs that once they're developed, they'll annexed. say, okay, you're now annexed mm -hmm. in. Yes. Um, it's actually a pretty brilliant practice because, again, the people are used to being there. There's there's such a sense of, of community and other things already surrounding the event. Mm -hmm. Let's Let's not destroy the people. Let's fix the event. Right. Yeah. And that's Christmas is one of those things. Advent also... Uh, is is something that was kind of built that way, though it wasn't a singular instance of that. It was adopting culture yeah. uh, from many different areas and, and building this out over time. Yes, exactly, exactly. If nothing else, again, speaking to the universality mm -hmm. of the church. Absolutely. Well, we do know some, one of the earliest forms was begun in France, and it was used as a period of preparation for the Feast of the Epiphany, uh, that was when they baptized converts. Now, pretty universally now, converts are baptized at Easter. Mm -hmm, the Easter, Easter vigil. vigil. But again, this was in a time when, you know, all of these things were, they were just being formed. And, and the church was still kind of figuring out how things would go, of course. Um, so Advent preparation was very similar to Lent. With its emphasis on prayer and fasting, it lasted three weeks and then later was expanded to 40 days. Now, in 380, the local council of Sargassa, Spain, established a three-week fast before Epiphany. And then um, we see just further development through the years as they kind of were inspired by the way Lent and Lenten fasts work, kind of translating that and applying it to Advent and the fasting to prepare for Christmas and Advent. Um, and so in Rome, the Advent preparation did not appear until the 6th century and was viewed as a preparation for Christmas with less of a penitential bent. And so this mm -hmm. is why, again, if you go to a liturgical church, um, Catholic or otherwise, most likely your priests changed their vestments to the color purple, which is significant and uh, signifies penance. So Advent is... Technically, yes, a has a penitential mood to it. In fact, in the Mass, we don't sing the Gloria, which That's is right. a song of celebration. During Lent, our, I mean, sorry, during Advent, definitely during Lent, but also during Advent, our music minister, who's very extremely liturgically minded, yes. loves to change the settings of the Gloria and the Agnus Dei to Latin, not change it, but like I guess you could say he he moves the settings back to Latin mm -hmm. for those two parts of the mass during Advent and Lent, which always it's a challenge yes. when you're not Latin, when you're not educated. <laughs> um, but you know, Lent has really strict uh, penitential acts attached to it. Mm -hmm. The church doesn't Lent. Lent does, yes. yes, but the church does not require or even suggest that for Advent. It's like sort of like penance light during Advent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think really to appreciate that penance isn't a time of woe is me and I'm a horrible human and all of that. No, it, it's more of a, I'm, I come at it from a, a, we all relate things to the perspectives we know. I think about an athlete Yes. That's preparing for a competition. Well, their their diet changes, their their daily practices change, so that they have a more refined and, and focused mindset. Yes, and and so I view it very similar in that regard. Right. Yes. Um, absolutely, because it is all about preparing your heart and your mind for the coming of Christmas. 
So finally, around the ninth century, the church kind of got it all together and said, okay, this is what Advent will look like. The first Sunday of Advent is the beginning of the church year. Um, one thing I read suggested that it would begin um, the Sunday closest to St. Andrew's Feast Day. Okay. Um, but it just, you know, it sort of traditionally is there are four Sundays leading up to, and then the, the last Sunday of Advent would be the Sunday directly preceding uh, Christmas Day. Okay. Remember, was it the first year we came into the church? I feel like that it was like all together, like Christmas was on a Monday. It's possible, and so we, yes. we had to figure out how to get to yeah. the liturgy of yeah. the fourth Sunday of Advent and liturgy for uh, Christmas right. Day. It we was were, all very confusing. We were very churched up. Yes, for sure. Fact, did we attend two masses on one day? I think we did. Yeah. I think we did. Yes, it was all it was all very interesting how that played out. So, okay, one last thing I wanted to mention, and I kind of uh, breezed past this, but many people who celebrate Advent will use an Advent wreath. Mm -hmm. There is definitely one in our church, and I'm sure, again, many liturgical churches have an Advent wreath in the church itself, but many families have them in their homes. And so, again, this is sort of that embodiment of the concepts of Advent and for like for our family, since we don't decorate until Christmas, it is like a thing that we have that we do instead because mm -hmm. it's signifying our um, preparation for Christmas. Now, believe it or not, the use of the Advent wreath was borrowed from German Lutherans in the early 1500s. It is in the shape of a circle. And it, even the liturgy in uh, Mass this morning talked about how this is symbolic of there is no beginning, no end. The, the yeah. eternal circle. Um, let's see. The like a wedding ring, which like is also ring. yet another pagan thing that the church said. Yeah. yeah, let's do that. Exactly. It's made of fresh plant material because Christ came to give us new life through his passion, death, and resurrection. Ours is not made of living material. It's just the candles, but I think the one in, in church itself is. It most likely is, knowing our priest and yes. his... His he revels in the details. Thankfully, yes. it's awesome, and so I have no doubt it's real. Exactly. Uh, there are three candles that are purple that symbolize penance, preparation, and sacrifice. And then there is a pink candle that symbolizes the same, but highlights the third Sunday of Advent, which is Gaudete Sunday. Um, if I messed up the Latin, I'm sure you can tell me later. Not me. Somebody <laughs> else will. I'm sure on the Facebooks. The light from the candles represent Christ who entered the world to scatter the darkness of evil and show us the way of righteousness. So the progression, again, of the lighting of the candles shows our increasing readiness to meet our Lord. Again, with a both-and view, our readiness to meet our Lord on Christmas Day, the day uh, that we celebrate his birth, but also um, in the present and the now, yeah. an increasing readiness to meet him. So Now, because, it's, because this show is... Typically, what's going on in our lives, yes. and it's our conversations, and Advent is something absolutely going on in our lives, as will soon be Christmas and all yes. of that. Uh, we are going to, not in, not in most likely as much detail as we went into today, but every day going forward, we're going we're gonna to include just a little bit about what what that day's Advent stuff is. Yes. Um, not to overwhelm anybody with it by any means. Uh, just as a, a little education slash participation, if you're if you participate normally in Advent and you want to uh, follow along, we are going to move to a true daily format for this time. 
Yes. With uh, then Fridays and Sundays when we don't normally have an episode, they'll likely be shorter episodes, maybe just 10 minutes or something to yeah. touch on what's there for Advent. Yes. Uh, but we'll do that if you're unfamiliar with Advent and you're curious or you'd like to participate along with a, a loose, uh, very questionable couple of guides to yes. help you fumble your way through. <laughs> We're here for that. For sure, yes. Okay, well, you allowed me to have an Advent-inspired whirl for everyone. Yes, all the whirl. Yes. Watch, read, listen, Advent lifestyle. Advent lifestyle. Ooh, what would it be if we added the A in there? Or whirl. Whirl all. Ooh, there or, you go. Whirl or a whirl. Whirl. A whirl sounds like a wall. You don't want to do that. <laughs> if you know anything about the military, that's a bad thing. Yes. Okay, if you wanted to watch something, the Word on Fire uh, organization, which is headed up by Bishop Robert Barron, there's a series, a six-part series that they created called Priest, Prophet, King, mm -hmm. which traces looking at Christ's coming to the earth and how he fulfills each of those roles. It's a six-part series. The whole series itself does cost $48, so that would be a bit of an investment. But part one, you can watch for free on YouTube. It's like 22 minutes. So might be interesting to check out. He does such an incredible job to me of, without compromising anything of the faith, he is one of the most non-invasive. Yeah conversationalist speakers that I've heard. He's on a ton of secular podcasts, visiting with people yeah. uh, and, and not almost only bringing things up Catholic related adjacent to, I mean, he can't not bring it up. It's a dominating force in his life, of course, but he's been on, on a couple of bodybuilders that have yeah. a podcast. He's been on, he's been on all kinds of stuff. I think he had a couple of podcasts way back when with Jordan Peterson, mm -hmm. um, just a very, he's such a, an educated and, and truly a, a genteel, mm -hmm. gifted communicator. Absolutely. Uh, he's a pleasure to listen to if you just want to pick up anything, anything about anything right. uh, as it relates to the church. And he, he even has several instances where he's gone in and found something from pop culture, um, be it a movie or mm -hmm. whatever else, and yes. talked about the spiritual significance of that piece. Totally. Yes. So his ministry is called Word on Fire. Um, and again, yeah, there's tons of stuff yeah, that is yeah. absolutely free on their website that you can check out. All over the YouTubes as well. Yes. hundred percent. If you want to read something, the Advent Guide we're going to be using this year is a brand new release from my friend Tish Oxenreiter. It's called Shadow and Light. You can find it wherever books are sold. She also has a playlist on Spotify called Simple Advent. I looked at it, it has like 5,000 followers for that. Oh, I thought you were going to say 5,000 songs. I was like, no. oh my gosh. Is, is there literally stuff played on the lute and lyre from antiquity? <laughs> yes. What are we doing? Literally. So Advent music is not the same as Christmas because it is not joy to the world and right. um, go tell it on the mountain because Christ is not yet here as we are observing Advent. So she has carefully picked um, many traditional Advent hymns and songs, uh, but all the while avoiding the Jesus is here uh, strain of Christmas carols. Gotcha. So she has a fantastic playlist again. It's called Simple Advent on Spotify. Perfect. Lifestyling 
If you want, you could try that St. Andrew Christmas Novena. Write down whatever your intention is so you don't get through the whole thing and forget. <laughs> like this Catholic over here. Listen, by the time you pray it 15 times a day. Right. I'm telling you, this was in 2017. Okay. That I did this because it was we were in RCIA. It was my that was pre-Nico. It was pre-Nico. I lost a lot of brain cells. I was going to say, everybody that's had a baby knows that something hormonally happens that wipes chunks of memory from your life. So I can yes. let that slide. Okay, that's right. Um, we can save that for another time. Okay, well then last on the list, do you want to hit that? Uh, well, I was going to say we could save that for later. Okay, we also we're saving that. all the things. Surprises for the future. Yes. In the meantime, have have an awesome Advent today. Yes. Would you? Please do. Bye-bye. Bye. Public officials are making light of the appearance and subsequent disappearance of the monolith in Utah. I suspect that they have been replaced by aliens and are eager to stop being the center of attention. Time will tell. Find Awesome Today and Sorta Awesome Media on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, and literally everywhere podcasts are found. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.